You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Nikita, first things first, uh, how was the holiday? Zadorov turned it over to Brink. It's a partial break for Farabee. Back into the left wing. Cuts to the forehead. He scores. A beautiful goal. Kind of fell apart for us there in a second, but um, what are you going to do? Oh, no. We suck again. Well, I want to just jam this into the back end here. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to the Friday morning edition of Halford and Prof. Everything you want in a Friday morning talk show except Halford and Prof. Brooke Ward with you. Josh Elliott Wolf riding shotgun. A-Dog is here. Hello. Laddie is here. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. The double hello from Laddie this year. You know, uh, we didn't have a good show yesterday, but what are you going to do? That's what I heard from the intro. We didn't have a good second period, but what are you going to do? Maybe you have. Who was that, by the way? Zadorov. That was Zadorov. We didn't have a good second. No, that period. was Hughes that said that. Oh, sorry. Zadorov was off the top. Zadorov didn't. Uh, well, he loved Christmas. He was the one that said, "Oh no, we suck again." <laughs> that was Zadorov. I know, right? He's so famous. <laughs> that was Hughes. We didn't have a good second period as a captain. Yeah, I, was, I, I don't yeah. like that answer a whole lot, but still, what are you going to do? Well, you play better. Show up, play, don't get out shot early again, et cetera, et cetera, and wait to get your legs. But uh, Never play the Flyers ever again. Never, ever Thank play the Flyers. They used to be the New Year's team. Always came in here on New Year's years ago for whatever reason and would spank the Canucks on New Year's. Uh, anyway, what are you going to do? The now other team won, Josh. Now they're doing it early. They're they're spanking the Canucks ahead of New Year's, getting it out of the way. Yeah, what do you think of the game? 4-1 Flyers last night. As we get in, oh, by the way, I guess I should give you the rundown here. It's Brooke and it's Josh, and there's an A Dog, and there's a laddie here, too. We're doing the damage for you till 10 o'clock this morning. And then next week, the return of Halford and Bruff. What are you going to do for the next three hours? Uh, anyway, what happened is uh, coming up in just a half a shake here. Ask us anything throughout the morning, and we're going to get into it in depth after the nine o'clock hour begins. But you can get those texts in early at the Dunbar Lumber text line of 650-650. Ask us anything. We might not answer it, but you can ask us anything. So keep them rolling through the day. Ask us anything. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you. Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express, Ladner Center, Arbutus in Vancouver, online at DunbarLumber.com. Uh, ask us anything all day long in the inbox. Mike Trainer's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Talk some NFL with the pride of the messenger. AJ from AJ's Pizza, the regular Friday appearance at 8 o'clock today. Shane Malloy, live from Sweden. So we're going from the guy that makes the Brooklyn pizza in AJ, and then we're going to go to Sweden and check out the meatballs. That was too cliche, I know. I can't get that moment back. But Shane Malloy's going to join us. World Juniors, Canada versus Sweden. Uh, this morning, 10.30 Pacific. It's a big one. Shane Malloy. Moj, you are warned. Moj, later on today. Randy Ganja from our broadcast team. We'll talk about the Canuck game, other things in the NHL. And Dan, ask us anything. There's a $100 GC on the line for the best, maybe even the one selected, I should say, because it could be up to you whether one's better than another one. Pandering to A-Dog usually works pretty well. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. You really want to. 
Because he's the one that picked it. We didn't want to get in there. I yeah. enjoy compliments. Okay, so your Ask Us Anything could really be at the bottom of the barrel, but you could still win if you suck up to Adon. Mm-hmm. And the rest of us doesn't hurt either. What we learned later in the program, too, that's via our Dunbar Lumber text line. Josh Elliott is with us today. Uh, Halford & Bruff brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid, 1170 Powell Street and the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. You're, we're here till 10 a.m. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's time now for what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Missed that? You missed that? We're in a bad second period. What are you going to do? That that leaps out at me from Quinn last night. I don't think that's one of Quinn's finest moments or finest interviews. Never mind what Vodorov was up to with the boys in the intermission the other night. Are we going to hear that later? Is oh, it worth- we, can, we can play all of it if you want. Good guy. I'll take it. I'll take it all. Uh, and uh, yeah, he didn't seem in the best of mood. Meanwhile, Josh Elliott, uh, what happened? Uh, so yeah, last night Canucks in action, losing to the Flyers four to one. As Quinn Hughes said. Tough second period. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, tough few minutes in particular where uh, I believe it was in just under three minutes where there were three goals. And uh, a few bad moments for the Canucks as well. Nikita Zadorov going up the middle mere minutes after his interview with uh, in during the intermission, in the first intermission. Maybe if he had been a little more chipper, he wouldn't have turned it over. Probably not. That was a bad uh, turnover. It that was w- bad. It was not his finest moment on the ice either for Vancouver. And, and one thing, a couple days ago, I was talking about it. I was complimenting Zadorov and Myers, and I was like, wow, hey, you know what? They haven't been as chaotic as one might have thought. Last night, it all came out, and they were they were a little more frantic than I think they have been as a pair. And... um yeah, it, it, it kind of snowballed for the Canucks. You thought it, it seemed like they might have something going early in the third when Bluger scored, then they got the power play, and then uh shorthanded goal for the Flyers put it away. So, tough night. Bad game. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Quinn? Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, Quinn sounded pretty frustrated, too, obviously, when he was say, giving us the what are you going to do. But still, three goals in two minutes and six seconds in fact, late in the second period of what obviously was a tight hockey game. Canucks, again, outshot 13-7 to in the first period. It's not all shots because they did have uh, seven or eight shot attempts and some good looks in there, but uh, still the Flyers had the advantage in the first period. Then they scored the three quick ones. Honestly, again, Joshua to Bl- Hughes. What are you going to do, Hughes, to Joshua to Bluger? Back of the net again. First on the Bluger and Joshua combination, and the Hughes gets the second assist on it too. What is with these guys? Because Bluger, my unsung hero on the hockey club, yeah. just buries another one. Immediately paid off. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it it's weird because even last night, I wouldn't say that line that line wasn't amazing by their standards or any Canucks standards. But I still don't. I I still thought they had a decent game for. And when you're comparing it to the rest of the team, and obviously they got the lone goal, but yeah, that's the it's the one part of the Canucks after last night that you don't consider changing. I think I think you can maybe make some adjustments to some of the top six lines and 
via that, you kind of have to move around some of the fourth liners as well. But um, third line was decent. I I still I question how like if that's if last night's performance is something that we need to be worried about or if it's just a, a blip on the radar. You're, it's your first game after Christmas break, and you know that you have another like five days off after, and you just weren't up for it. Or if it's uh, signs of more to come, but we won't know until Tuesday. You'll start finding out Tuesday when Ottawa comes. You might want to beat Ottawa when they come to town on Tuesday. I will also say, before we get into the third period, that, and this is not an excuse, but playing a home game right after Christmas is tougher than playing a road game right after Christmas because there's so many distractions at home and you're supposed to be focused. You're getting paid to focus on the hockey game. I get that. It's, so it's no excuse. you got to be ready. Pretty well what Rick Tockett said after the game. you got to be ready. But the road team has a chance when they come to travel to now really start focusing in. Okay, they've left the Christmas tree. They've left the lights. They've left the crescents. They've left the family at home. They can focus on the hockey game they're out to play on. Games played at home around Christmas time often are very tough to play because there are commitments and distractions you have in your personal life as well that are not supposed to come on the ice, but they do. Whether you have family in town and you have presents for the kids and all this festive action, oh yeah, I got to go play a hockey game. Whether you had a couple of good practices ahead of time or not, this could be the blip on the radar screen. We'll see if these guys and how much they bear down. A before Ottawa and then a long, grueling road trip. Speaking of which, third period when Bluger did score and it was three to one. I was thinking, here they go. The Canucks revved up for a couple of minutes prior to the shorthanded goal, but I thought, here they go. They are going to rescue this hockey game. But really, they had about those two minutes of really looking like they could be difference makers in the hockey game, and the other 58, maybe not so much. And the shorthanded goal seemed to uh, take a lot out of a lot of wind out of the sails, and that, like that's kind of expected when mm-hmm. you feel like you're pushing, and then the other team gets a, a goal when they probably shouldn't. I did think that that play in particular – we haven't seen Quinn Hughes get blown by often in his career, but uh, but pa- what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> that's this. Uh, but yeah, Paling got right by him, and uh, um, they ended up in the goal there. And it was a nice setup. It was a it nice was setup. Buried. And uh, honestly, like it, uh, it's hard to night after find many big takeaways from the game because it's just hard to know if again if this is something that's going to persist. I just don't understand why they can't play well against the Flyers. What is it about the Flyers? They don't match. Yeah, they just don't match up well against them. Yeah. The Flyers' style is just the Canucks don't seem to have an answer for it. Mm-hmm. They're just tenacious, Tortorella-style hockey, and for whatever reason, that doesn't sit well with this Canucks team, and they haven't found an answer for them yet. Thankfully, they don't play them anymore. Yeah, they're new. Hopefully, they don't match up in the playoffs for some reason. <laughs> well, if yeah, they in do. The final. Oh, my that, God. You know what? That's fine. I'll take that matchup. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, some teams, right, the grinding teams or the physical teams or the big teams, that's why I look ahead to the playoffs, too, with Vancouver. And down the stretch, when you're seeing a lot of Vegas and Los Angeles, mm-hmm. is the, the games in are going to get tougher. They are going to get tougher. Everyone ups their game, especially the quality teams. The best teams in the league usually don't – well, not usually. They don't necessarily get off to the greatest starts through the first 30 games or so because they know the kind of team they have. Second half of the season, a lot of teams bear down and really come at you much harder than they do in the first half and take the team like the Canucks way more seriously, too, in the second half because they weren't expecting this from Vancouver either in the first half of the season. But that's going to be one of the keys for me, those big, grueling, large teams. How will the Canucks 
match up against them. Uh, the interesting thing last night, too, prior to the shorthanded goal, all of a sudden the Canucks engines are revving. Arison's out with dehydration issues. You throw Carter Hart in there, who knows how to play, but you throw Carter Hart in there, he's cold, and I'm like, this is just setting up mm-hmm. for the Vancouver comeback. To me, it's at this point, certainly it's a total blip on the radar screen for me, this game for Vancouver, because I haven't seen it necessarily coming, save for my Christmas holiday uh, possible reasoning that I give you in the distractions, et cetera, et cetera. But that shorthanded goal, yeah, speaking of air out of the sails, it just popped the sails of the Canucks, who rev- never really, save for the two-minute period after Bluger's goal, never really got it going, I didn't think, in this game. No, they did have a few. There was a few chances as well. First period, there was that Kuzmenko one-timer from Pedersen that uh, Atkinson got in front of. I don't think Kuzmenko got all of it either. Uh, and then on the power play, I believe it was in the second period uh Besser had essentially a wide open net and whiffed and that was before Philly had scored any of their goals either and that's that's something that I feel like we're talking we've talked a lot about the bounces the Canucks have gotten so far this year we can talk about all their their PDO and their shooting percentage those are the type of things that would have gone in for the Canucks in most games so far this season and they just didn't end up getting those bounces this time around. And um, when you're a team that wasn't necessarily firing on all cylinders last night, you kind of need those bounces if you're going to end up stealing a game where you shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have won with an effort like that. I sure hope those bounces do not level out by the, and even out as they often do by the end of the year. Because if the bounces, the, everything's gone Vancouver's way. You know what I mean? So, I mean, in the second half, things maybe don't go their way. Things are going to level out. Canucks are a playoff team. They're home and cool. There's no way they're going to miss the playoffs. There is no way. Take it to the bank. Go to Vegas. Don't bet the house, because why would you? But take it to the bank. They're, they're going to the playoffs. What position they'll be in by the time they get there and how they do when they get there. What shape their team will be in physically health-wise by the time they get there. And there's still tweaks that Rutherford and Alvin will make along the road towards the playoffs. That's upside, too. But to me, you're hoping that was just one game last night. And again, I gave you a few reasons as to why. Uh, Flyers had blue-chip chance, or like 15, 20 seconds into the game, they had a blue-chip chance right in front of the net with some poor D coverage. And who bailed them out? Casey DeSmith. Even on the 4-1 goal, who tried to bail them out? Casey DeSmith made a great save and then almost got the diving rebound when he was left by himself completely. He was more alone than me on a Friday night back in the 90s. That's how wide open uh, the, uh, the Flyers got on that goal. Best player on the ice for me. Despite what was 24, 25 shots, it wasn't like a 40-shot night was Casey DeSmith again, even though the guy suffers the loss. I would agree. He was uh, – I have no issues with how he played last night, and most of the I, – I can't think of any of the goals I would blame on him. Um, it was just a overall bad performance from the rest of the team. Casey DeSmith uh, gave them a chance, and – Team kind of let him down a little bit. In the inbox, Dunbar Lumber text line, 650-650. I'll go here first. It's not the first one that came in. I'll, we'll get to them, though. But is Petey really a $12 million man? He will be, but he didn't look like one last night. And it does bring me to Pedersen in general. Of late, he's looked rather mortal, I would say, over the last, certainly, the last, well, take the month of December, basically. A point-of-game guy which would be fine for most, but not necessarily for Pedersen. And at times it looks like he's skating in mud out there. Yeah. The the thing about, so I, I will say, I feel like um, 
outside of Connor McDavid or, or maybe Leon Dreisaitl, I feel like every star player, if they're worth $12 million, like I think of someone like Jack Eichel or um, Nathan McKinnon at times, like guys of that caliber, they will still have cold stretches throughout a season. But it feels like when Pedersen has a cold stretch, it's more pronounced. Like when his when he hits a cold stretch, it feels like he's like, oh man, can this guy be even a top six forward at the moment? And I, like I don't actually question it. He's just really struggling when he struggles, and um, it's it, it's a little weird. I don't know what it is, and if he gets in his own head about maybe trying to do too much, and that that affects what he's trying to do, but. Uh, yeah, last night wasn't a great night for him, and and to your point, it hasn't been a great month for him. I still have faith that he's going to figure it out because we've seen this before from him, and then he just goes on a long stretch of domination, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's Elias Pettersson. It's oh, fine. Yeah. He's, he's Pettersson. I mean, he's going to be fine. And when you look at the stats, last 12 games played, he's got four goals, nine assists, 13 points. That's quiet for Pedersen, who really just has also not been making the highlight reel plays we're used to. That's the thing. It's not just the points with Pedersen. He's just not making the highlight film every night like he does when he is cooking with gas. Do you think he gets, by the way, sidebar here, 12 mil, as is suggested here, by the time the dust settles, whether it's with Vancouver or somebody else, he's a $10 million guy anyway, isn't he? Is he a $12 million guy? I think he ends up somewhere between 11 and 12, personally. That is some coin. Yeah, but if it's a long-term deal, honestly, like I, I have no issue with it. Assuming the cap's going up, all of that. Well, he's Patterson compared to others in the league. He's going to get his money. Yeah. And it's going to be a big paycheck. And he, he's set himself up with uh, how his when his contract is ending to really, to really cash in now. And if he signs another four- or five-year deal – to really cash in in the future as well, but he's uh he's kind of in the position to name his price to an extent, and I know Elliot Friedman on Thirty Two Thoughts mentioned that like the Canucks are just ready to throw a huge bag of cash at him, and they're just waiting for him to want to receive the cash. And um, interesting, who knows when that moment will be? But he's waiting it out, as Patterson yeah. had said. Let's see what happens. Like midway, th- this would be the time if the Canucks plan to jump on him. This would be the time to do the jumping. Because uh, other than the 4-1 loss to the Flyers. But the way Pedersen has uh, played generally this year, the way the hockey club is going, it's what Pedersen is concerned with. What direction are we going? Now, he could still be sitting back like like I am saying, well, this is fine and dandy right now, but where are we two years from now given the cap situation, regardless of what happens if the salary cap's going up? And are UFAs? And are we going to... After these three, you know, two steps forward, are you going to take another three steps back because I'm not sure what the team's really going to look like in two years because he's no dummy. But otherwise, if the time was right to try and jump on him and close a deal, now is the time when the team is going well. Patterson seems very content. to and why? If I was him, why am I in a hurry? I'm going to get the money. I will ride this out, if it was me, till the end of the year and see what's happening and see what things look like moving into next year's roster as well. And in the off season, you can sign me, which I thought he was on record of saying, I don't want to be bothered with any of this stuff. Maybe it was just media during the regular season. I think it was just media. Yeah. I'm sure if he was like, Hey, you know what? I kind of want to sign a contract right now. The Canucks would, uh, would jump on it. Be receptive. Now is the time. The coffee pot is percolating for, for the Canucks at least, but I don't know if uh, Patterson's ready for them to pour. How about that? Uh, someone says Pedersen here in the inbox has the attitude of a spoiled 10-year-old. I do not see that at all. 
with Pedersen. Nor do I. I think he he can be a little bit emotional at times, and I like I'm fine with that. Um, I I definitely don't think he has a has an attitude problem though. I don't see it. If I see it at all, it's just things like, well, I put on weight, so that should make you guys happy. And I never like that that make you guys happy quote from the from any player. Well, that mm-hmm. ought to make you guys in the media happy because that's a cheapy. But he gets he's done things of that nature, shall we say? Not exactly that. A couple of times, but for the most part, I, no pro- How can he have a problem with Patterson? But uh, twelve million bucks going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, moving down the line. Uh, DT and Kelowna last night, terrible performance. They were brutal in the dot. Oh, their face-offs. Were they? Oh yeah. First period, especially two and 15 on draws in the first period. At the end of the game, it was like something like 35 wins to 17 for Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Canucks second period wasn't bad, but yeah, they got crushed on the draw right from the, from the get go and the, and puck possession that, that counts. That adds up. That probably factors into the equation too of, why the Flyers won four to one? They had puck possession off the draw so much more than the Canucks. More opportunity to generate chances, get it out of their own end. Those things do add up. If the Canucks win more draws last night, it's certainly a closer game. But uh, yes, our friend DT and Kolota, uh, Susie, by the way, is back skating with the Canucks, if not back practicing with the Canucks, mm-hmm. and that would uh, help on the back end as well right now. But they haven't had a lot of issues this year. This team that's now tied three-way tie for first in the league. After Vegas beat Los Angeles, speaking of what happened, Vegas beating Los Angeles last night. So Canucks still technically at the moment atop the uh, Pacific Division and the league uh, for now. If you look at it that way from regulation wins, others will. And I'm, you know, people jump on Drance for saying percentage, percentage. Well, this factor in. I mean, I agree with him. I just, I just like to. You can look at at Drance. I hear you, but you can do it either way. But now you've got the Rangers, the Canucks, and Vegas all tied with 49 points. And uh, 22 regulation wins for the Canucks, 19 for the Rangers, 16 for Vegas. Rangers, three games in hand. Vegas, one game in hand. Those teams are ahead of Vancouver percentage-wise. Boston Bruins sitting there with 46 points, three behind, three games in hand. Go ahead and play those three games and get back to me, Bruins. But otherwise, percentage-wise, yes, the Canucks are third in the league right now. Still looks pretty good sitting there with 49 points. And they're t- the top Canadian team. Mm-hmm. Does that mean anything to you? Not being the top really. Th- really? No. I like, want to be the top Canadian I, team. I, I, sh- I certainly welcome it. And I'm like, hey, you know what? If you're the best Canadian team, that means you're probably near the top of the league. For me personally, I the, the teams I would care most about being better than Calgary, Edmonton, and Toronto because it's fun. That's enough Canadian teams for me. Yes, yeah. I have nothing against Winnipeg and Ottawa. Yeah, Montreal, whatever. Montreal is a whatever. Actually, yeah, Montreal's in a whatever. Yeah. But the, so you got 50% of you then would like the Canucks to be better yeah. at least than those teams. Yeah. Two of them are strictly like division related though. What team do you dislike the most of the Canadian teams in the National Hockey League? Ah, that's easy. Easy <laughs> Toronto. Easy <laughs> Toronto. Because? Because, well, well, they're Toronto. Yeah, that's the reason. That's yeah. the crux of it. Yeah, answered the question. Yeah. Another what happened for you, and we're nearing a break time here. And again, at the bottom of the hour, we've got some NFL talk with you, Mike Trainer from The Messenger, to join us. But also, what happened yesterday was speaking of Sweden and Swedes. Uh, Sweden in the World Juniors got another victory. They are now 2 0 with Canada. They shut out Germany 5 0. Uh, I don't think, I'm trying to think, nothing on the on the board point wise for uh, La Karamaki. Uh, no. Patterson and Wielander, or yeah, Wielander. But today it's Sweden and Canada, toe to toe, head to head, nose to nose, forehead to forehead, 
10.30 Pacific time, that's going to tell you a lot about Team Canada, maybe more so than Sweden. Toughest matchup for both teams, and yeah, it's a, it's a learning game for both sides. Um, if you're a Canucks fan, you're probably interested in seeing how Lekaramaki, Willander, and Pedersen uh, perform against a team like Canada, and if you're in it to uh, watch Canada win, I, I think it's a, a test of what they can do when they get past the round robin, and uh, it'll, it'll be a fun game. Canada, Sweden, 1030. Looking forward to it. This will give me a chance really to focus on those three players as well. Because mm-hmm. to, to, to be honest, when Sweden's playing in the World Juniors, it's uh, uh, I'm not focused that much on the game. I'm picking up highlights. This gives you a chance. Coming up next, Mike Trainer for the Messenger, some NFL top. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with Russell Wilson. I think I know what's coming. We'll talk with him about that and the Seahawks and more. Stay with us. I'm Brooke. That is Josh Elliott Wolf. A-Dog, glad you're here to Hulf and Bruff back next week. This is Sportsnet 650. Everything Canucks before and after the games. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven thirty-one in beautiful downtown Vancouver. Mike Trenier is coming up. Mike Tanier is coming up in a Got couple it. of minutes. I know. <laughs> there you me, go. You did it. Took me a while. Mike Tanier very shortly of the messenger as we try to connect with him. Ask us anything Friday as well. You can ask us anything. 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text line. So ask us anything as we cruise through the program and anything you want to ask us can be available 650-650. The text line presentation of Dunbar Lumber. And we've been informed to... Uh ask you to send it with a ticket emoji if you would like to win the $100 AJ Brooklyn's Pizza gift card. Correct. Yeah, ticket emoji as the listeners know if you want to be entered in to try and win the gift card. And we'll see it easier. It's a win-win for everyone involved. The inbox uh, gets busy. Uh, also, how's over there from... just squinting at the inbox. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, okay. always. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Vancouver's no... oh, Man, let me start over. I threw you off. That, yeah. was my, that was my bad. No worries. Brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle. You get paid. 1170 Powell Street and the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer. And we are uh, waiting here on Mike Tanier, hoping to get him on in a matter of moments. Uh, it will be our NFL preview brought to you by the Clayton Public House pregame to postgame. The Clayton Public House is your home of football. Catch all the action on 15 screens and two giant projectors, theclaytonpub.com. My Russell Wilson as we await Mike Tadir, the pride of the messenger. My Russell Wilson take now, so i got to get his take too. Every day I kind of fig- try to figure it out a little bit more. Uh, the deal with Russell Wilson is he wouldn't change his contract. The team went up and said, we want you to get rid of the guarantees. And in particular, your 2025 $37 million injury guarantee, salary guarantee. We want you to get rid of this. If he got injured and didn't pass a physical this March, his 2025 guaranteed $37 million would come into fruition so they wanted him to change their contract for us the one they just signed him to he said no so instead 
they're sitting him out in case he gets injured because they don't want to pay 37 mil for 2025, money that he was guaranteed this coming March if he got injured in the final two games. That is the crux of it from my point of view. I'm going to ask Mike about it when we get him on the line as well. But to me, that's just a BS move by the Broncos. They signed the deal. They should honor it, whether they like it or not, and park it a guy in the final two games of the regular season because now they're deciding, geez, maybe not playing as well as we want. We want to get out of this $250 million deal we just signed him to. That's just a garbage move. He expects to be cut, Russell Wilson is telling people, but hasn't been cut yet, but he thinks it's coming. Yeah, it's supposed to come in March. It, what I will say is I do think like he got paid a lot of money to be a, a certain level of player in Denver, and he hasn't been that certain level of player in Denver. And you know what? Maybe, maybe he ha- – like I do think he's improved this year. Maybe that's to do with Sean Payton, but – I just, uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird situation, and when someone, I I do agree that when someone has signed a contract with you, a team, you honor you should that be get deal. paid. Yeah, but the NFL is also a strange place where you can just void contracts and get out of things pretty easily. And yep. if you're the team, I get it, but also. And uh, it's got to suck for old Russell Wilson. Well, I mean, he's gonna—he's driving a nicer car than I am, so that's okay. The Raiders did the same thing with Derek Clark last year, too. Sat him last year, then cut him uh, in very similar surroundings. But to me, and I know they do this all the time, there's ins and outs. Basically, even though it's guaranteed, nothing is guaranteed in the National Football League. But to me, it's just, again, whatever. We traded for you. If you're a Denver fan, what are you thinking? Or maybe they're the ones saying, just get rid of them. You gave up a couple of first-rounders, a couple of second-rounders. Drew Locke took this guy, set up Seattle potentially for the future, a team you're going to play a lot. And now you've decided, or you're looking at Russell Wilson, he either doesn't fit into Sean Payton's scheme, which might be the biggest thing, Mm -hmm. or Sean Payton doesn't like him, or the attitude, et cetera, et cetera. He's yelling at him on the sidelines the other day. So, but okay, we're going to get rid of them now. Here's how we're going to do it. I just figure if you if you sign the deal, and Russell would know there's outs. He just saw it happen with other players. Mm-hmm. But in particular, I just think Josh, if they signed you here for a long-term five-year deal at Sportsnet, and they probably will, and then two years from now decided, you know what, all those bonuses we put in your contract, we'd like to just eliminate those. But you keep working. Otherwise, we're going to sit you and cut you. You, yeah, basically, well, you signed me to this deal. I, I think you have to honor it. Uh, Mike Tanier is with us now from the Messenger. Some NFL coverage for you. Hello, Mike. How are you, sir? Doing well. Happy almost New Year to you. Right back at you, my friend. The Russell Wilson situation we're talking about, and my take is, hey, you signed him to a deal. You don't get him to you know back out of your guaranteed bonuses or else we're going to cut you, basically. How do you see the situation? I know it's been done before in the NFL, but how do you see that Russell situation as it is, and how do you think it unfolds? Uh, the entire element, and you think of what we're hearing now, that this started around week nine. This started after a win. This started when this team was sort of in the middle of the wild card picture. Uh, and they're, and they're start going to him after victories and after games where he, he kind of played pretty well in some of these games and saying, hey, we want you to avoid your injury guarantees or else. That can only be interpreted as a, a, a opportunity to try to sour the relationship. You know, they obviously want that guarantee waived because they want to be able to have flexibility and be able to make trades in the future. But doing it under those circumstances of saying, Russ, we don't care. We don't care if you're playing well. We're trying to move on. Sean Payton wants to move on. He wants to go his own direction. He, he sees that your skills have diminished. We all see that you make too much money. You solve our problem for us. That's what the Broncos said to, to Russell Wilson. So, of course, he said no. 
And what did they do? They blinked for like six, seven, eight weeks. They didn't cut him right away. They didn't bench him right away or did anything like that. Hold on one second. Uh, yes, sir. Mike's got another call. I do not. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a thing right now. Mike's got another call. We'll get back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Who was that? Is that your uh, wife? That's I'm your a, wife. I'm in a parking lot right now, and there's a baby in the seat of the car next to me. So there's a developing story here. <laughs> uh, now, it's, here, in, here in greater Philly, it's about 45 degrees. I do not think the baby's in jeopardy, but this gentleman is going in right now uh, to the local bakery to try and figure out who left their baby in the car. And so I'll, I'll keep you posted okay. as developments unfold. You're standing near the car, though, are you? I'm now actually going to get out, and the car has a has a uh, Goku anime uh, sticker on it, so it's a young person. I don't see the baby in the car here. I'm now confused. There's a baby carrier. Okay. I thought it was this in is, your this car. This is eyewitness news. I thought it, it was not my car. No, there's not a baby in my car. Okay. Uh, I'm very confused now because I just looked in the car and I do not see a baby. So, oh, wait, there's one in the car next to it. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, you anyway, know, uh, baby's not in jeopardy, but I don't know if I'd leave my baby ever alone in a car, frankly. I agree. I agree. And uh, that guy deserves uh, to get so, that father deserves to get cut and have his bonuses taken away from him. Okay. Breaking news: the mom has reappeared and is in the car now. And so yes, Russell Wilson, very <laughs> ugly situation. And they're try and they are trying to sour the milk so they can eventually try to trade him or possibly release him. I like the mom's story better. I used to figure it was a dad leaving. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm riveted right I now. I was so intrigued the yeah. whole time. They, they are pulling out right now, uh, and the, the Samaritan who saw it is, is off getting his baked goods. Wow. And I, th- and I think we've had a it's a story with a happy ending. Baby New Year is safe. I guess so. Again, sidebar. Who leaves, just for people listening on our network here, don't leave your baby in a car. Ever, if you're yeah, just walking. Agree. I don't care where you're going or for how many seconds it is. Are you kidding? What the? Agree. Anyway, thanks. Agree, and as they pulled away, there was a uh, there was a sticker of uh, of uh, Mary, of the Blessed Virgin Mary on the back. So maybe uh, mom thought that, you know, the baby's in good hands. Not a wise policy. I hear you. And, some, and the Even Good then. Samaritan was just cruising by your car saying, hey, do you know who owns this baby basically i guess right so. right and he was very like serious about it so i was worried that somebody had hit oh, yeah. my car or something like okay. that and that's why i interrupted our uh, what has really gone off the rails here of a nice uh, nfl conversation oh no this is the best ever man i've been here for three days this is the best <laughs> moment let me tell you uh thanks mike and you were a good samaritan yourself too i just thought you had another call but no there's someone banging on my window they may be armed i will take that call first <laughs> Uh, I uh, story way way back and sorry but I'm off this but if you remember the writer baseball writer Rod Beaton for the USA Today for so many years the late baseball writer uh, he was telling a story on Sports Talk a local radio station years ago about one of his friends was filing a story that you did by phone years ago and the guy got uh-huh. mugged he got mugged oh. while he was filing the story and he asked the oh. mugger please can you hang on just a sec I'm just filing a story and the mugger said okay he filed the story and then hung up the phone and got mugged. And your story's right up there. You, you know what? Uh, sports writing is like stealing money, so that's like honor among thieves. Nice one, Mike. Well, we're out of time. Uh, anyway, so the Russell Wilson situation, his marriage with Sean Payton more than anything, and we've seen signs of it, right? Even from the moment Payton walked in and said, no, he's not getting his own personal trainer in his own corner office. Right. This has been off the right. rails basically since then, would you say? Or at least that was the beginning. Since then, or maybe they reached a piece, and Sean Payton might have been like, okay, this guy balls out. If, if we see mid-2010s, 
Russell Wilson and this team's riding the playoffs. We'll learn to peacefully coexist. But once he kind of saw this version of Russell Wilson where you do get these moments now and then where he looks like the old Russell Wilson, but he's holding the ball too long, he's dinking and dunking, he's fumbling, uh, you know, you're not getting this, like, high-level play for the money. Peyton started doing what Peyton does. Peyton's a little bit of an angle player. You know, he, he, he works the politics of the situation. And he started saying, how can I do this politically in a way where Russ doesn't necessarily want to stay here when we start talking about trades and, and other options? Uh, so what's what do you think is next for Russell Wilson? Because I, I agree, I think he's kind of had flashes of old Russell Wilson, but I don't think any team is going to make that bet that he's going to return to that form. But I also do think that if he got put in a situation where he's just kind of like driving the offense a bit and there, there's a lot of pieces around him, I think he could still be valuable to a team. Do you think that's kind of what his future is at this point? Yeah, the trick here is the cost-benefit analysis of Russell Wilson. You know, as a starting quarterback in the NFL, maybe he's somewhere between number 12 and number 25 in terms of quality, but he's going to be paid like number one, two, three, four, or five. And that's the expectation he's going to come in with. And until that expectation changes, it's hard to see a good fit for him. You know, he, he can't come in and this, you know, a one-year, you know, $8 million contract. That, that, that's not feasible right now. And also – the Broncos need to find a trading partner, and what is a trading partner going to offer for Russell Wilson when there's a lot of quarterbacks in the draft, when there's guys like Kirk Cousins running around still. If you want that veteran, you don't have to trade to get him. He's on the free agent market. So many variables make it hard to see where Russell Wilson fits. And, you know, my buddy Aaron Schatz was telling me, you know, he really fits with a team that has an offensive guru and has a lot of playmakers around him. And the team I just described is the Denver Broncos. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the problem you face where this probably is the best situation for him and it's not working out. Uh, one veteran that just uh, is making things work is Joe Flacco with the Browns right now. Yes. I keep Every week I keep expecting him to have an off week and just not be what we've seen so far in Cleveland. And last night he continues to be amazing, throws for over 300 yards, has a great game. Are you all in on the Joe Flacco experience in, in Cleveland right now? in this entire baby drama unfolded right here in Joe Flacco's hometown. That's where we're at. That's where this bakery is. There is a big uh, uh, jersey, Joe Flacco jersey, up in the bakery. It's uh, it's remarkable. We've come full circle. Um, You know, I don't think this sustains through the Super Bowl. uh, But, of course, you know, who knows what's going to sustain through the Super Bowl. In the short term, you're right. Last night was the night where I thought, well, the Joe Flacco thing is going to come to earth. Great Jets defense, no Amari Cooper. This is going to be where the reality starts to set in, and it doesn't. And it doesn't set in. Now, eventually it will, but like when you start talking about eventually, you're talking about a team that's clinched a playoff berth, a, a team, the, the Ravens, that might face a very vulnerable Jaguars opponent or some opponent like that in the first round of the playoffs. This team gets to the second or third round of the playoffs with Joe Flacco. What a story for the Browns, and what a story for Joe Flacco, who again, for seven, eight, nine years on the internet, was the punchline, was the joke, and he comes out and he silences the downers, and he answers the joke with this performance late in his career. Mike Tadir is with us, the messenger of the NFL, baby saver, Mike Tadir. <laughs> he does it all. He's got it going on. Uh, Seahawks, two games to go. They host Pittsburgh this week. They're at Arizona for their final game of the year. That should be guaranteed win day, but... The Steelers in their way, too. Do they make the playoffs? It is so hard to work out all the variables right now. The Seahawks did not take care of their own business as well as they could for a few weeks there. They obviously got beaten by some strong opponents along the way. But you look at things like that Rams sweep, and you say, man, a split would make this very different. So they don't control their own destiny. You have 
games like this Packers-Vikings game coming up that has impact on the Seahawks and it's out of their control. One thing that they're looking at right now, it looks like they're facing Mason Rudolph, and Mason Rudolph is another backup quarterback on a hot streak. The Seahawks have to derail that. The Steelers' offense was horrendous for most of the season. They bring Rudolph in, who was their third stringer for many years. He has this big game, uh, you know, last week. Uh, they can't afford to let that happen to them. So the Seahawks, can, all they can do right now is take care of business and control what they control, and part of that is making the Steelers look like the Steelers looked, especially on offense, the first 10, 12, 13 weeks of the season. What's going on in Kansas City? Is it all good or is it all bad or is it something in the middle or is it Taylor Swift's fault? What's going on? <laughs> well, it's not Taylor Swift's fault. It is Kadarius Tony's fault. It is the receiver's fault. And it, it, it was stunning. I wasn't stunned in the Raiders game by the two turnovers that led to touchdowns. I was stunned that another half of football ensues and Patrick Mahomes doesn't have an answer for it. Like he doesn't come back and say, oh, here's the dumb mistakes we sometimes make because we're overaggressive. We're just going to turn it on and we're going to go out and win this game 30 to 20 or whatever by the final score. That's worrisome for this team. Now, I have no doubt that the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. They don't have a lot of competition in that division. I think they can take care of business against the Bengals this week because the Bengals are reeling from all the injuries. I just can't look at that Chiefs team right now and say, well, because of Mahomes, they're going to make it in the playoffs. I I don't think that they can do that against the Ravens. I don't think they can win a shootout against the Dolphins. And if they face an opponent like the Ravens with the Ravens' defense and the things that they can do to manufacture wins with Joe Flacco, I don't have a lot of faith in the Chiefs either. It does feel like that that usually we can – get back on that and say, well, it's Mahomes, he'll figure it out. But it does feel like this year that's no longer a thing. Do you think that yeah. after the season, this experiment of like, well, it's Mahomes, he doesn't need receivers, he'll just figure it out and <laughs> throw it to a guy who can maybe catch it. Do you think that experiment yeah. is over after the season? I'm not sure that ever was the experiment because they, they did draft Rashi Rice this year. They, were, they went and churned through and you know they traded for Tony last year. They've been trying to get the guy. The thing is, they haven't had like the first round picks to get the guy. They've emphasized defense on the first couple, uh, in the first round. You look at their defense two years ago, and you know why. So I think they will make the attempt to go out there and get that top receiver. The thing about this quote unquote experiment is that there's a lot of money invested in Patrick Mahomes. There's still a lot of money invested in Kelsey, who's playing at a high level. Looks like Chris Jones will walk on defense. That might free up some cash. They haven't had a lot of assets to go out there and get that replacement to Tyreek Hill. And trying to find them in the second round, the third round, you know, in the waiver wire through trade, that just hasn't happened for them. Elsewhere in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills have uh, won three in a row, four of their last five, and it kind of feels like they're heating up at the right time, I think is what Josh Allen said. Um, yeah. are, what's your confidence level in them as they head into the playoffs? Not super great. I mean, I've seen what I've seen and I saw them almost trip over the Chargers and I see them facing a Patriots team that's playing a little better down the stretch and is not going to quit. The Patriots aren't going to quit <laughs> for, for Belichick. That's not how they're going to go out. And then I see the, the Bills going into you know, week 18 against the uh, Miami Dolphins who may have a lot to play for and the Dolphins might be looking to give them a knockout punch there. So I, for, for their Super Bowl odds, I think what the Bills did is too little too late. I don't think that I have any faith in them sustaining this run into the next couple of weeks. For the playoffs, you know, they've, they've had some breaks in that the, the, the Bengals have these injuries. The Texans lose C.J. Stroud for a couple of weeks, and that, that takes them out of the running. The Bills are a little like the Seahawks. They should have done more to control their own destiny. Maybe a stronger team top to bottom than the Seahawks, but they face the same issues going into the postseason. Uh, Mike, I mean, I, I don't want to belabor the, tabor, uh, the Taylor Swift thing, but I really do value your opinion on this. 
If it's not a distraction for Kelsey, if he's still playing at a high level, if you've seen no drop-off in his play, as an example, could it be a distraction for the rest of the team, all this stuff surrounding, you know, the fact that she's floating around and it's drawing so much attention? You know, if a guy like Kadarius Toney is distracted by the presence of Taylor Swift, he'd be distracted by butterflies floating past. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, that, that's kind of what it boils down to to me. Like, if, if, Kelsey, if Kelsey himself is playing poorly, maybe you could sell me on this. If, if Mahomes himself is playing poorly, I don't know. Mahomes has a lot going on in his life that's, like, that's like on the side of this. I, I, I have a hard time saying, well, these receivers are dropping passes because there's a famous person up in the stands. And remember, there are famous person, people up in the stands all the time. Sierra has been in the stands for, you know, the Seahawks and then for the Broncos, uh, in, you know, uh, Josh Allen is dating Haley Stansfield. She's pretty famous. I have, it's a really, really long-shot conclusion to draw to say that dude, if that dude dropped the pass because someone famous is up there clapping in the stands, then he deserves to be cut because he's not going to be hand- able to handle the rigors and distractions of the NFL period. Mike, baby, you've done a great job as usual, <laughs> my friend. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Enjoy the stretch run here, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Take care and enjoy the rest of 2023. Mike Baby Saver Tanier from the Messenger National Football League. We have in the inbox here, I'm a child protection social worker. Lots of people leave their children in their car. It's awful. We have many files that you have to respond to and educate people on the dangers of doing this. I would look at what age children are, too. If this this child that Mike was seeing, again, whatever, hey, you're in the uh, – what do they? What will they call it? The carrier or whatever? Yeah, the, car seat. The car seat. Thank you. The yeah. car seat. Thank goodness you, you guys are here. If you require a car seat, then you should not be left alone in that car yeah. seat. Thank you. You have what? Little... A two-year-old yes, right now? I have a two-year-old. Would you at at two just go? I'll be back in a minute. And... No, because I don't think she would stand for that. She's pretty oh. vocal, and I think uh, <laughs> she would want to come with dad. So now you. you're blaming the baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just my baby holds me accountable. Is what it is. <laughs> but can you imagine though? I mean, it happens no. all the time. But I mean, I'm just thinking of wow, man. I mean. I mean, it just takes, even if someone doesn't know there's a baby in the car, and it's just like, I want that car. It happens. It could happen once. If you've ever heard about it, I'm not going 15 feet. I'm not going from my car where I gas up and I have to go in and pay should I not swipe. I'm not going that far without a chaperone for the baby. It is ridiculous. Like, oh, my goodness. I'm glad there was at least a good Samaritan go, holy smokes, there's just a baby sitting in the car and interrupted our interview because of that. So, uh yeah, this, this, you know, I didn't even want to mention the Taylor Swift thing, really, because I just cringe every time. It's just so overdone, overdone. My suggestion is it's not that, and it's not even a suggestion. My wonder is that uh, through the team, it doesn't matter if Kiera's around there with Russell Wilson. That's Kiera. This is a big, big name, boom, 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 that is filtering in and part of the team now, basically. And maybe some guys, I'm not saying they're dropping a pass necessarily in the game because there's distractions, but, you know, during the week, maybe I'm not as focused as I should be. Everyone's asking me about it. All this stuff's going on. And I was wondering, could that, in Mike's professional opinion, factor into the equation any at all with guys lacking concentration in Kansas City? He says no. Personally, I think, yeah, I agree with Mike. If if it does distract you, then you are not you're not going about your business in a professional way. Like you're you're an NFL player, you should be aware that there are going to be off-field distractions. Maybe this is a bigger one than normal and it involves a teammate, but I just I I I 
don't think it's a very good excuse. I also like the people who are genuinely blaming Taylor Swift for the Chiefs' shortcomings are, I feel like, a, like a little out there. Like, have you seen the receiving group? They can't catch balls. Oh, they're drops all over for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's just that for me, it's this is the circus. This is the big top with Taylor coming in. This is different. And you could have some people in the locker room going, "Man, this chick's around all the time, and all this stuff's going on." And there's the entourage, and Kelsey's off doing this, and and you could have some ill feelings inside that locker room about the distraction, and that can filter through onto the field. Just my two cents. I could uh, see how it might get a little grating. I would after, after a while. I, like, okay, can we just get these people out of here? I'm trying to win a football game. Here. I would be eventually like, okay, here comes the caravan again. You got to have some guys in that locker room are going. Mm. I feel you. It, get, it would get on my nerves. Also, to like, she's just trying to, like, for her. No, there's no she fault has no of her choice, right? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It's not, I mean, oh, go to the game. I'm nobody not would telling be you to blaming her. I don't yeah. think it's yeah. no fault of her own. It's mm-hmm. just the situation that it is. Yeah. But I mean, I could see how a player might be like, I okay, see that. Move along here, please. That could mess yeah. your focus up a little bit, yeah. yet uh, you might want to catch the ball. When we come back, AJ is going to join us. AJ's Pizza is going to find out what's new at the pizza joint this week. Man, check the website, by the way. This is some good-looking pizza pie. Shane Malloy, too, coming from Sweden. All the way from Sweden, it's Canada uh, taking on the Swedes today, 1030 Pacific time. This is Sportsnet 650.